This is Overdrive Radio. I'm Todd Dills, and today we're expanding on an ongoing conversation regular readers of my Channel 19 blog will be well aware of, with owner-operator Randy Carlson, based up in Browerville, Minnesota, and hauling for a direct customer in his area into Wisconsin. From there, a variety of brokered reefer freight, from cheese to french fries and more, getting back home most Fridays. We started the conversation talking a little about a quandary suggested by FMCSA's recent change to the pre-2000 model year exemption to the ELD rule. The change, again as regular readers will be well aware of, scraps the ELD rule's planned basis for the exemption, which had been the model year of the truck's chassis. Rather, as seemed to be a more appropriate calculus to me all along, they've turned to base it on the engine year. Folks like Carlson, whose truck is powered by a B model Caterpillar, that's pretty cut and dried. But for those with factory remand gliders built to the EPA's 98 emission spec, there's no shortage of cases where the original engine serial number is no longer visible, replaced by the remand number. Parts in such engines, furthermore, can come from a variety of years ahead of and after the 1999 cutoff, potentially making for a hairy roadside scenario after December 18 for some. I don't have any official word yet as uh, as yet on how such cases might be treated, but we're working on it. Stay tuned. Here's Carlson's ultimate take, likely to apply to most owners. I would think the absolute fallback um, would be the serial number stamped on the block. Serial number on the block. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like mine's, mine uh, had been overhauled not too long before I bought it. Um, but you know, I mean, but like, you know, the engine serial number, you know, the block, you know, the serial number stamped in the block, of course that never got, you know, the block never got changed. So, I mean, that's all still there. So, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's what I would think is I'd go by the, you know, the serial number on the block. Right. When I dig out that other intake manifold, if that tag's not on there, then I'm going to, there's a Caterpillar dealer. Um, in St. Cloud, Minnesota, over here. So then, I if, yeah. if I don't have that tag, then I was going to stop and talk to them because I had, of course, have my serial number, and then ask them if I could order that a new tag um, yeah. to make uh, to make sure I, I want something that's stamped and something looks, easy to see. Yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to see and looks very official, like I didn't manufacture it. <laughs> I, I don't know how difficult they're going to be. You know what I mean, and how I mean, yeah. and for, fortunately, I mean the route I run now. I mean, I don't, I, I, the Minnesota scale when I first come back out of Wisconsin back into Minnesota is really the only one that um, is ever open much, really, that I have to yeah. go across. But um, um, I'm gonna, I might change some of my route and go down through Illinois, down into St. Louis, and when you get into Missouri. That will be a whole different uh, can of worms, you know, in Missouri. So, I, sure. I I don't know how I don't know how um, you know what they're how, how difficult they're going to be, or um, you know, are they going to be mad because you don't have you know what I mean? Because they think you're sneaking out, with it, you know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll just right. see how it plays right. out. So, because everyone, right. I mean, every scale is different so yeah and every officer inspector is different yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i grew up i grew up in 
Yeah, I grew up in Nebraska in a little town by Fremont, okay. Nebraska. That, that's where I grew up. Yeah, and Dad trucked um, for as long as I can remember. He had a job for I don't know, a few years that he worked at a, um, a chemical factory in Fremont. But other than that, Dad drove trucks. So, I mean, you know, I rode with him when I was a kid. And and then um, I got a job. I, I remember I rode my bicycle to work. I wasn't quite old enough to drive a car yet. I got a job as kind of the the grunt helper in a shop in my hometown. Um, the guy, he bought and sold grain and he had eight old Kenworth cab overs with grain trailers, you know, and then he moved the grain around that he bought and sold. And then, uh, then I went, uh, after I graduated from high school, I went to Southeast community college in Milford for diesel mechanics. And I graduated from there in December of 83. Uh, part of that time, one quarter of that, you know, you get an on the, is basically you go uh, work at a truck shop somewhere. So okay. I worked at the inter international dealer in Fremont, Nebraska. And then I still worked um, for that um, guy that I worked for in high school. You know, I still worked for him too. Then on the, okay. you know, on the weekends when I, you know, uh, even when I was going to school and or college, and then um, even when I was on on-the-job training, I worked both those places. <laughs> and, uh, and after I graduated, I, I worked as the main mechanic at that grain dealer for just a few months, but he was starting to have some financial issues. So I worked at the international dealer in Omaha, Nebraska, for just a short period of time, about six months. And then... Uh, high school buddy of mine uh, needed a roommate so I uh, got I changed and I worked for the international dealer in Lincoln Nebraska and I worked there until, until the I mechanic and in the last four or five I can't remember three four years I can't remember I worked there I sold trucks for him and then okay. um, I uh, bought a couple trucks uh, sold one not too long after that to the guy that was driving it and just kept one and no Kenworth D600, and I started driving it and myself. And um, uh, let's see, that have been the fall of 1993. Okay. So I've owned and operated my own truck since that time. I had a 1986 T600. That's what I had. Okay. And I and I got it because I, I told you I was selling trucks, and I knew this guy that couldn't get financed on a truck, so. Basically, I okay. bought it and was the, you know, I was the banker, basically. And okay. um, and the engine went bad. <laughs> so I got my truck back. <laughs> That's how I got started. <laughs> so I was still working at International. I had no big Cam 4 Cummins in it. And um, when I, I, I met, knew this guy out east of Lincoln, and he had a shop, and he let me put, I paid him a little bit, and he let me put my truck there, and I, uh, I overhauled the, you know, I worked during the day and then during the week sure. and then, you know, evenings and weekends, I, I'd overhauled lots of Cummins's, you know, in this, you know, for national. So I was quite capable sure. of doing that myself and I overhauled it. And then, you know, I got it done and then that's, you know, then I quit international and started driving it. So, yeah. Okay. They got hooked up with this guy that he owns a trailer, you know, I was kind of leased to him type of deal. And that, yeah. Um, 
that doesn't last very long, about three months, because it was right right around New Year's Eve, and I was in Minneapolis, and uh, he was in charge of finding the freight and stuff. Anyway, he said, I don't have any load for you. He said, you're going to have to wait until after New Year's, you know. And I said, well, I'm not waiting here. I said, I'm 354 miles from home. I said, I'm just going home, you know, and start over right. after the holiday. And he said, if you come home, we're done. And I said, where do you want your trailer? That's kind of right there on the uh, near the dawn of the electronic diesels, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've always, I've never owned new trucks. I've, I've always owned. I, I, I'm the guy that um, when I'm done with it, um, it goes to the scrapyard. <laughs> the, the, tra- the tractor or the trailer. I, I, I'm the last user. That, that's that's sure. where I am. I am not one. I am not one at all to go buy anything very new at all. I'm just not, you know, because I've always been a little mechanic. So, um, you know, and maybe uh, maybe my thinking's all goofy, but um, I, I, I I try to find something that I can buy that's in distress. You know, I mean, that has a you know that has an issue because mm-hmm. of course that brings the price way down. And then uh, until I um, moved here to Minnesota, I mean, I had a shop. I rented a shop in Nebraska, so I, had, you know, I had the capability to. I mean, we we've done everything I have over the years to my trucks, you know, over all the engines, and uh, I mean everything, you know, from we fixed tire, you know, had tires to everything, did everything to the yeah. trucks and the trailers. Um, I have reefer trailers. I I had some van trailers. I still have a couple of them just for storage, but mostly are just run refrigerated trailers all those years. So okay. over the years, I've had multiple guys and um, was hauling for a customer. I'd been hauling all those years. I'd been trucking for a customer in Nebraska, but then they got bought out by a bigger company. And they used to be great for, you know, just a small, you know, one, two, three, four, five truck guy. But then after they got bought out, they just, Every year, they just became more and more and more corporate. You know what I mean? They just it, and there wasn't no fun anymore. So sure. I, I had three guys going, and then I had an engine go down on me, and um, that guy wasn't doing the best job for me anyway. So then, yeah. it, you know, I got down to just a couple, and then the customer, the, the freight became kind of hit and miss. They were more interested in. You know, in, in big time players than just small time guys. So, and that's uh, when I um, decided it just time for something different. And that's I moved to Minnesota. My uh, wife is from this area, so she had moved to Nebraska. And we moved in uh, the spring, late spring, early summer of 2014. So I've been here just a little over three years. Randy Carlson's trucking today in a 2001 Freightliner Classic with an older B-model fully mechanical Caterpillar in it. He tells the story of how he came to own it later on in the conversation. In the early days of Carlson's business, after he returned the trailer to the company he was leased to after that New Year's Eve snafu he mentioned, he went out and bought a trailer and made a handshake agreement with a friend to run under the friend's operating authority. I used his name was on the door, but... I did all my own freight flying and everything. You know, I just paid him MOV for using his authority. And then eventually, I think it was in May of 95, I got my own. So, gotcha. Okay. 
that didn't take very long, but a lot happened no. in the last couple of years yeah. there. Yeah, I get the first. I mean, I had, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had no clue <laughs> I was supposed to. I mean, I was as, I was as green and dumb as they get. So, I mean, of course, I knew I worked on the truck. I'd driven the truck before. I mean, I could drive the truck. You know, don't get me wrong about that, but. I had no idea um, how to find freight, I mean, I knew none of that. I had no idea. I had no idea what, you know, when I I first started, I I hold a hello to Dallas, Texas all the time. And then, uh, you know, there was lots of loads to Denver and I thought, well, I might as well go to Denver. Well, the reason there's lots of loads to Denver is because there's none out of Denver, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you just, you know, it just um, started out behind, you know, behind the eight ball. Really didn't didn't have any reserve, all that kind of stuff that people say you're supposed to. Do. I didn't have any of that, you know. I just was, yeah. I was just winging, and I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, sounds like though, over the years, it's it's gone better at least. Um, yeah, you know, of course, that's a lot of years of trucking. I mean, there's been lots of ups and downs and lots of changing and lots of fuel price changing. And, um, you know, I, I'd say there's lots of things that improved. You know, when I first started going to Texas, um, you know, and then not too long after I started doing a multi-stop load for him, I fell into those by accident. But, um, you know, any of the unloading you did, I mean, you didn't, that came out of your rate. So, I mean, if you wanted to pay somebody to unload your freight, you know, you, that cost you out of your pocket, you know? So I, I did all that, you know, stacked all my own freight and all that kind of stuff. You know, nowadays, you know, it's much better. You know, if you, you get, you know, you negotiate a rate like with a broker, you know, and then it's, um, you know, the unload, if there's any unloading fee, you know, that's on, on top of the rate, you know, and it never used to be that way. So you do run for one particular regular direct customer. And then, um, other than that, what, uh, what? yeah, I awesome dry stuff. Now the load I loaded the other day in Indy to come back here is, is dry. It just dry corn okay. starts, but I do haul some dry stuff, but of course, you know, you want to haul, refrigerated if you can, you know, because the rate's better, but um, um, that uh, I haul frozen from here to, uh, I go just about 30 miles east of Madison, Wisconsin, and then um, I I got hooked up here a few months ago. I've been doing a lot of different stuff out of there, and um, a few, I don't know, three or four months ago, I got hooked up with, you know, I saw it on the dat load board, and it was a load out of Madison, and it goes just just a little bit, about 40, 50 miles west of Indy on 74 there. It's a little cheese. And it pays really good. And um, and then the broker changed, and that happens a lot. You really got to watch because, you know, all of a sudden one broker will out, you know, outbid some, you know what I mean? And um, so I started hauling it for a different broker. Um, and the first couple weeks, I hauled it for 25 bucks less than I've been doing it. You know, he just said, I got to do that, you know, for a couple of weeks to make sure, you know, because he didn't, of course, have been for the mail of the moon, but now he pays <laughs> for the same price as the other one does. So, 
<laughs> it doesn't matter to me who's at the other, you know what I mean? It's the same load, you load the same place, and it's the people I yeah. see are the same, so. Carlson's early route through the industry is one I've heard from a variety of drivers over the years. It starts with a strong working knowledge of the mechanics of the diesel engine. As he noted earlier, Carlson actually attended trade school for it, then went out and worked as a mechanic for a dealer before he launched his own business as an owner-operator. As we talked, I speculated as to whether the route was less common today, or less common specifically due to the increasing complication of the diesel engine. I, I, I can't imagine driving the truck down the road and not knowing how to work on it. Like, you know what I mean? Because it, it, it makes you... Um, it, you know, and if I wanted to hire a guy, you know, to drive um, over the years, I always liked guys that had some mechanical knowledge or background. Yeah, because you know, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, things happen, and and they're the truck sets, you know, on the side of the road, and it won't run. You know what I mean? And if the sure. guy has some mechanical ability, you know, now he's paid those guys for that. You know, I mean, if they fix the yeah. truck for me on the side of the road. It's it's best for them, best for me, best for the customer. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, you know, like here, I, I mean, I, you know, I take thank God. I mean, I don't have many on the road breakdowns here. I, I bought a different trailer in, uh, in last fall, and I after not too long, it um, I was on my way to Wisconsin, and I was about an hour from my delivery, and I stopped. I was walking around the truck and I could hear air leak under the trailer and an airbag mm-hmm. popped. And, um, it, so, so, I mean, there you sat, you know, I mean, I was at the Petro in Portage, Wisconsin, but I mean, they would have put an airbag in the truck, but ah, gosh, almighty, it would have been expensive. So, yeah. you know, where I wash out over there, where I, after I deliver, I always have to go wash out in that place, this little trucking company. And I, you know, of course I go there every week, got to know those people. So what I did is I just, I carry stuff where, you know, all sorts of different fittings and stuff with me. So I just took the airline off the airbag and I plugged it, you know, and then drove my hour and made my delivery. And then the, you know, place where I washed the trailer out, they just put an airbag in for me, you know, it was much cheaper. And, um, and then he, he said the rest of them don't look so good. So I just had him order me three more, and then, you know, as soon as the next week I got there, they were there, and then that next weekend I came home, and so my trailer now has all new airbags, you know, but I mean, stuff like that. But I I would think that, you know, because, I mean, honestly, going to a tech school like I did is much less expensive than a big time college i mean it didn't cost a whole lot you know of course that was years ago but it didn't cost you know what i mean and then and then i worked in mechanic for some years first and um i you know i i mean you can't you can't drive a truck really until you're 21 anyway you know what i mean right across before then you got to do something until you're and i mean honestly really it's 24 25 the insurance companies like so i mean you got to do something for a few years anyway um i i did you know i guess i wouldn't you know think of any other path i mean because it's allowed me to i mean it saved me i can't imagine the thousands and thousands of dollars i saved over the years Mm -hmm. you know 
being able to do that stuff yourself. And you know? the, I mean, mechanicing, uh, working on the truck is a bit different today than it with today's oh, trucks yeah. than it was back back then. But none, nonetheless, uh, having the knowledge. But you could, but you could take a guy. Yeah, but you could take a guy today, you know, that's 25 years old, that's mechanic, you know, that went to trade school, you know, and graduated, he's 19 or 20, and he's been mechanicing for somebody for four or five years. You know, you could take a guy like that, you know, and he could buy, you know, um, a 95 to 99, you know, Freightliner Kenworth, Peterbilt, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, pick your pick, you know, whatever you like. And, um, you know, they're, they're not that, you know, I mean, if you get Detroit in it, I mean, a Detroit, as far as electronic engines are concerned, is pretty simple. And, um, you know, the rest of the truck is real, you know what I mean? It's just basically yeah. you know, mechanical knowledge. So, you know, and I could tell you that's some of the reason too, like, you know, this one here, I put that, I mean, I had that old Caterpillar, but that's some of the reason I, put that in there because I knew once I moved to Minnesota I wouldn't have any shop and tell me about this truck that you're in now because we haven't but yeah so when did when did you come into this truck was it around the time that you moved am I remember that right I bought it in I'd been trying to buy it for a couple three years I bought it from a trucking okay. company in Lincoln Nebraska so and I knew those people I mean I'd hauled some freight you know they'd brokered me some freight and stuff so okay. and it was I saw one day in there and they waited in the end of their lot. And I went and asked the guy about it. There was no engine in it. There's no engine in it. And um, okay. it's a 2001 Freightliner. It's a condo. And it's an extended hood classic is what it is. Okay. And, and, and I've always I've always liked those trucks. I've always liked the style of them. Anyway, I went and asked him about it. And he said um, it had a Cummins in it at 340,000 mile on it. And something went wrong with the line bore, and it broke a big hunk out of the bottom of the block. Mm-hmm. And um, they they were in a, a lawsuit with Cummins over the deal. I, I, and of course, I that's not, I didn't get into any of that. I don't know anything about that. But anyway, he said, so I can't sell it. It's okay. So, I, you know, I every so often I go by there and make sure it's still there, still, still there. Yeah. And one day, I think it was sometime in late, sometime in 2010, he said, okay, I can sell it. And he asked me what I'm going to do with it because he had about 20 of them at one time and he really liked those whole trucks. And, of course, most people that would have bought that would have scrapped it. And I yeah. said, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it and drive it. And he liked that. So sure. I'm sure he had people that offered him more money. I asked, He said, how much do you want to pay for it? I said, 2500 bucks. He said, cheers. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, the transmission that was in it was worth twenty five hundred dollars. It had the, you know, heavy duty double overdrive thirteen speed transmission in it. And yeah. you know, they'd sold a few parts here and there, some switches and you know, I never got a radiator with it, but I'd had I'd run some old freight ladders, so most of the parts I needed, you know, anything used that I had, but um I you know, any rubber like airbags, airline, you know, rubber any all that kind of stuff, wheel seals like all new. I mean, I did all that, put yeah. that engine in it, and of course, they never sold. yeah, it's their old 3406B, and they never, you know, Freightliner never sold that truck with that engine, so there was no wiring harness to buy, you know, you could just go Freightliner and buy one, 
So right. I, I made my own wiring harness, you know, out of the two because it came out of a Freightliner, an old FLB. So okay. I, I manufactured my own, you know, of course you had to change all this stuff, like, you know, had electronic foot feet in it, you know, accelerator pedal in it, which, you know, you couldn't have. You had to have the mechanical, you know, changed all that stuff. And, and, um, if you looked at it today, you wouldn't know, that, you know, you wouldn't know that that engine didn't come in that truck from day one. I mean, it's, sure. you know, I rooted all the wiring nice and convolute tubed it and, I mean, every, you know what I mean? You, you, you wouldn't know that that wasn't the engine that was in it from the day it was new. So I spent a lot of time, you know, making sure it was nice. And and I've been mm-hmm. driving it since 630,000 miles on it now. So I've driven almost 300,000 miles. Wow. Do you, and I, you, I know you mentioned you had a shop down when you were down in Nebraska. What are you doing for um, uh, there in Minnesota? Do you have a, have a, a place that... Uh, on your property that you that you work on the truck or you're using somebody else's shop as work? I I do, you know, a little bit of I I like all my oil changes and stuff like that. There's there's a repair shop, truck repair shop two blocks down the street here in town. Okay. So he okay. he does all my, you know, um all my yeah, you know, oil changes, all that all that okay. you know, kind of stuff. Um Last summer, my truck needed new exhaust, and I, I, I got a torch here in my garage. So, um, you know, anything I can do, I, you know, I put new exhaust on it. I put new front brakes, steer axle brakes on it here a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I do all those. Yeah, you have a garage there. You have a garage yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next, I don't know if I can do it next year, but mm, probably the year after that, we got pretty big yard here and we in Briarville, seven or ninety people. It's a little town. And um, okay. I got room in my backyard here. I'm probably gonna put up some kind of pole shed, you know, that I can get the tractor yeah. into. Because, um, I mean I still have all my shop stuff, I got air compressors, lots and lots of, you know, spent you know, tools that yeah. a that a mechanic guy that works for somebody wouldn't have. You know what I mean? I got I got a lot of a lot of shop type stuff and sure. You know, torches and welder and all that. You know, I got all that kind of stuff. So I just got it in a storage trailer here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and what about that uh, that '96 that you bought when you thought you were going to have to uh, uh, put an ELD in the 2001 model year uh, Freightliner? <laughs> Where is that? Well, That's, is that on your on your property as well? No, I got it. I, I park it down at two blocks down the street at the repair guy's oh, okay. place. Yeah. He's working. In fact, he's putting some wheel seals in it right now. So he, um, okay. I, I, I give him some, say, hey, you know, when you get time, I'd like, you know, I'd like, I told him a couple of weeks ago, hey, so when you get some time, can you replace the wheel seals and the truck has been sitting around a while. So yeah. and then what he'll do is, is he'll just use it as filler. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he does all my service work and stuff. And I, I pay him a little rent. I got my storage stores down on his property. It's out that in town. I get him a little cash money for, you know, parking on there and stuff. So we got a really good relationship. So um, I just leave it parked behind his building is, is, is where it's at. So you know, I, 
the neighbors and the wife might not like it if I probably leave that. And it's kind of ugly right now. You know, it's like it's an old Crete truck. It's all, it's faded so bad. It's like pink, you know, (laughs) and, um, you know, it's missing the headlight and it's got rusty old scrap wheel. I mean, it just looks, it, you know, somebody drove by it and looked at that and said, what are you, what on earth are you doing buying something like that? Thinking you're going to drive it. (laughs) But they would have said that about the truck. They would have said that about the truck I'm driving. I got a picture of my green truck when I bought it. It, You know what it looked like. The weeds growing up around it. It, All the headlights were gone. The grill was out of it. There was no radiator. No engine in it. Uh, It it did have the aluminum wheels on the front. It had four old scrappy junkers on the back. Um, They had taken the front differential out. You know, of course, they had other trucks of the same. So rear end went out of one. So they took the front differential out of it. They gave me the other one, but of course it needed to be rebuilt. But at least I didn't have to pay a court fee, you know. So I had it, I had the front one rebuilt while I was doing some other stuff to the truck, and then they got it done, and then I, I put it in. So, but uh, they would they would have said the same about the other truck. So <laughs> this one at least has an engine engine in it. <laughs> and as also noted, Carlson bought the 1996 model with intentions of working it into shape as a bridge between the end of the year when the ELD mandate is set to go into effect and whenever he could get his 3406B into another pre-2000 truck. But with FMCSA's change around the pre-2000 exemption, as we reported, they're planning now to base the exemption on the engine year. Carlson's 2001 Freightliner can stay as is. I asked just what he planned for the 1996. My original intent would have been to have it ready before December 17th to drive it, you know, and then drive it while I was modifying mine to make it, you know, not have to have an ELD. But now, of course, I want to do that. So I have till next spring now to have it, you know, done. Um, I'll, um, but I will probably hire, one, find the right guy. I will. Yeah. I, I would hire somebody to drive it. I have more than enough. Um, I, I, I turn down freight all the t- all the time, all the time, all the time. They, there's yeah. those French fries out of there. I told them to on Nebraska. They have called me. No kidding. They have called me half a dozen times in the last week about hauling those. <laughs> wow. No, I mean it's it's just yeah. you know there's. And it will only get worse. I mean, you know, once the, um, I saw a guy the other day, yesterday morning, I was at the truck stop in Hickston, Wisconsin. That's usually where I fuel. And um, I stopped there on the way back, coming back from Indy. And um, I woke up and I was sitting there drinking a coffee and looked over and there was a guy in a, it was pretty newer, pretty new Kenworth sitting there. And he's probably a little older than me. And I saw him get out his, you know, his log book, paper log book, and was, you know, updating. And I, looked, I thought to myself, you know, guy, soon that's changing because I know your truck's way too new to be, uh, you know. And um, I just, I don't know, the trucks are tight already. And it's, um, that, that that's only going to make it worse. I mean, that, you know, the um, spot rate mm-hmm. freight is, really good right now I mean you know during the first quarter it wasn't very good um, but it's really 
rates are really good right now and the trucks are tight and 